You are listening to the Roanoke Valley Church Podcast. Today's sermon is from Acts 17, verses 10 through 15, entitled, Don't Stop Berean. So the title of my lesson this morning is, Don't Stop Berean. Ooh, dad jokes galore. Uh, My wife actually came up with that. We were discussing it over the week, and she's the one that uh, dropped that, so... Uh, if you have any qualms with that, or if that ruined the uh, Escape album for you, you can blame her. Uh, and if you're really excited about that, you can you can thank me. Just kidding. She's great. Amen. So, <laughs> yes. No, she's awesome. So, we'll, we'll be looking here in verse, verse 10. But this is a familiar passage, so I'll start off with a warning. We, we know this passage very well. Uh, if you've, if you've been a disciple, you've been reading your Bible for a while, this is, the, this is a story about the Bereans and how they are of more noble character because they eagerly examine the scriptures every day. And there's a, there's a simplicity to this scripture, so prayerfully I won't overcomplicate it. But in that simplicity, there's also easily, it's easily to be dismissed because it becomes so familiar, right? And it's the beauty of the scripture that there's so many different things you can get from it, that you've heard it, you've read this, you've studied it, you've heard it preached many, many times before, I'm sure. But the power of God's word is that it can come to us right here, right now, once again, and hit our hearts and inspire and impact and challenge and encourage us. So I pray that all happens for us at this time. But in verse 10, it says, as soon as it was night, the believers sent Paul and Silas away to Berea. If you weren't here with us last week, they were the angry mob of Jews and riffraff that the, the Jewish leaders organized came and dragged Jason, some of the disciples, out of their homes and began to question them, made them post bond. So the disciples there in Thessalonica said, hey, Paul, you got it. Paul, Silas, you got to get out of here. So in the middle of the night, they, they escorted them away to Berea, which is 35 miles away uh, from Thessalonica. We'll keep reading here. And on arriving there, they went to the Jewish synagogue. Now that the Berean Jews were more of noble character than those in Thessalonica, for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. As a result, many of them believed, as did also a number of prominent Greek women and many Greek men. But when the Jews in Thessalonica learned that Paul was preaching the word of God in Berea, some of them went there too, agitating the crowds and stirring them up. The believers immediately sent Paul to the coast, but Silas and Timothy stayed at Berea. Those who escorted Paul brought him to Athens and then left with instructions for Silas and Timothy to join him there as soon as possible. So Paul and Silas are escorted away from Thessalonica, and the first thing they do when they get to Berea is they go right back to the synagogue. They go find folks who have been informed with what at this time would have been the Greek Septuagint, the Hebrew Old Testament, has been translated into Greek. It's accessible to everyone. Everyone's reading Greek. It's the Koine Greek, the common language. So they go there, and it's not like they got there in one night. This was most likely a two-day journey to get to, to, get to Berea. Um, I don't know how fast you walk after you get beaten, but uh, it took them a couple days, and they, they were there. So daybreak, they go to synagogue to share, once again, about the fulfillment of God's word as he expounds there in verse 2 of chapter 17 really proving that Christ has raised from the dead. So he goes there, and he preaches, and he shares, and it highlights this group called the Bereans in contrast to the Thessalonians. So the main idea I have for us today is, yes, to be like the Bereans, to be like them, 
to be able to receive the word of God eagerly, to go and examine it, to do it every day, to be men and women who, when the word of God is preached, take it seriously. You know, the, the, the word, the, the original language here is the, for examine is akinkreno, which means to investigate. You hear the little roll of the R there. I did my best. To investigate, to examine, to do unceasingly, to sift through the word. So Paul brings them the message that Jesus would, the Messiah has come, that he's been killed and he resurrected from the dead. That's something that they had been anticipating as Jews in the synagogue. They had been raised to look for the Messiah. And Paul comes with the message that it's happened. He came, he came, he came, he, he was killed for us, and he rose again from the dead. So naturally, they're going to meet, they're going to hear those words, and that's going to hit differently for a number of people. It's going to hit differently for all these folks. Some are going to be excited. I think all will be somewhat confused. Some will be doubtful. And we see here the Bereans, they took it all in. They said, okay, we know where to go when we're faced with confusion. We know we're going to go when we have questions. We know what we're going to dig into when we want answers. There's so many movies out there in the world where like, I want answers. And that usually can be a berating of conversation. You go hunt someone down and say, tell me what happened. I want answers. So sometimes when confusion hits, we run to people. Say, tell me what's going on. And we expect people to, to fulfill us or fill it, figure, help us figure out what's going on in the world. When we're angry, sometimes we go to the news. Sometimes we go to Facebook, we go to YouTube, we go to our text messages, and we kind of go back and forth to kind of deal with or figure out or be informed. Even the hearts to say, you know, I want to figure out what to do. So I'm going to go to CNN or Fox News or whatever it is, or YouTube to get informed. Even with all this stuff going on with Ukraine and Russia, the pain of all that and trying to figure out what, it, it felt like a movie. Like I was like, this is really going to happen. And I, I want to dismiss myself from all of that naturally. But even trying to figure out how to communicate that, how to talk about that, how to pray, how to really even have my heart moved in a great way, my tendency is to kind of go just watch YouTube clips about what's going on. And that's helpful. But nonetheless, there's something about these Bereans that when they're faced with confusion, difficulty, challenge, question, they go to the scripture to figure it out. And yes, it, it directly linked up with, you're saying the Messiah and he's rose, so let me go back to the word of God to see what you're saying is true. That's what our text says. That's what they wanted to figure out. Paul, are you just blowing smoke? Or is this really true? And we see that they did that. And they kept doing it. And they did it over and over and over and over again. The idea of being more a noble character doesn't mean you're more kingly or more astute or you know, you're queen bee. That doesn't mean if you, if you read your Bible all the time, you're, you're awesome. The text actually says that they're of good stock. <laughs> you ever heard anyone say that? Hopefully about you. Like, man, you come from good stock. You got some good genes. You know, all that kind of stuff. You know, your blue genes. Your good genes. But that's kind of, that's what the text wants us to know. Is that these guys come from good stock because they wrestled with the scripture when they were faced with something that I'm sure stirred their hearts. And yes, we sit here as disciples or people who believe that Jesus rose from the dead. So yeah, we might not feel the need to, like the Bereans here, go back and stir around the scriptures right now to really make sense of that claim. But isn't there other things in your life that you have questions about? 
Aren't there other things you're trying to make sense of? Isn't there someone in your life that has questions about what God's up to? Isn't there someone at your job right now, even with war going on, another war? There's been plenty of wars going on this year, by the way, but this one's getting a lot of attention. Someone's asking the question, if God's so good, why does all this happen? You know, those are questions that lead me to say, I've got to get some answers, but where does it take me? The questions you're facing today, the things that have come across your radar, the things that people have come to you about, problems they have, questions they have, complaints they have, gossip they want to talk about. Where does that send you? For the Bereans, it sent them to the scriptures, and they were lauded for it, and it's a great pattern for us to take. You know, the challenge I find, and what I hope isn't true but can be, is that this passage is often described as someone who first gets in contact with God's word as to how they were. When they're first taught the Bible, when they're first studying the Bible, when they're first reading the scriptures, they're like, oh, they're such Bereans. Don't we say that? Like, oh, what a Berean heart. They, they love the scriptures. We studied every day. They couldn't get enough. They went back and read them on their own. It was fantastic. What a Berean heart. And this often is described, described someone who just starts out in learning about God. And I think that's great, but also a tragedy. Because the reality is, I think many of us were described as Bereans as we were first introduced with the gospel. But for you, have you stopped? Have you stopped being a Berean? And yes, is the need to go back and and be reconverted through the scriptures for you? No. But when you first started studying the Bible, you knew that's where the answers were. I can't get enough of this. I don't care what you say, Bible study guy. I got to go back to the scriptures and determine what you're saying if this matches up with the word of God. Amen? Amen. But have we stopped? Don't stop Berean. And if you are in the spot right now where you are, like, you know what? I can't, I can't get enough of this. You know, when I, when I deal with anxiety or depression or difficulty or stress or something's going on with someone else that needs encouragement, I go to the scriptures to find out what the answers are. That that's your practice. That's your habit. I'm not talking about Bible Gateway sending you a text in the morning for the verse of the day and that's your Berean lifestyle. Amen, I'm glad you get those. But if that's it, you've stopped Berean. If you run to other things to be informed, there's fantastic podcasts of our own brothers and sisters that are putting out tremendous resources But have you relied on them over your own wrestling and scouring and sifting through God's word to get your answers? You know, we are are totally spoiled with quick answers, aren't we? I mean, you can get it on your phone. Sometimes even when you don't want answers, she, she responds to you with an answer. Like, I didn't ask for you, Siri, and here you are giving me stuff, picking out half of the sentence I just said and giving me facts about it. We have Alexa. We had, to turn the, we had to turn the mic off in our house. Like, I don't want to hear from you, Alexa. She hops in on our dinner conversations and all types of stuff. We're like, get out of here. But she's great when it's like, hey, Alexa, can you tell me this? Can you tell me this? And it's just quick, boom, boom, boom. I remember when the internet came out. And, and having to wait, wait like five minutes to get some answers. But back then I was like, this is incredible. 
And now if you hear that noise, it, it sends you into like convulsions and nightmares and PTSD, like, oh my gosh. And we're spoiled by quick, quick answers. I don't have to look long. If I want something, I get it. And I find for myself, this might just be me, that it's painful to sit and read sometimes. Am I the only one? That it's painful to sit and scour the Bible for answers. It's painful to make sense of why letters were written and the context. It's painful to dig. It's painful to take what I'm hearing and actually spend the time to match it with the Word of God. It's much easier to get a quick answer from a trusted resource. It's much easier to run to a commentary or, or some audio or, or some, you know, something on your Apple iTunes podcast to get informed. Have we lost the Berean heart? And yes, okay, if we're, you might be saying to yourself, John, it's all the Bible, man. My podcast is talking about the Bible. Do I physically have to hold the Bible to be considered a Berean? Some of you guys are wondering, are we being legalistic? I'm just saying, is your heart scouring the scriptures? Is your heart digging into the word of God? Have you stopped being a Berean? And maybe some of those resources have been, been part of your, you know, part of your, your practices, your applications to have the word just continue to wash over you. If so, amen. But in my heart, sometimes it's just a quick answer, quick inspiring, quick encouragement, quick quick word of God real quick, and then I'm moving on, rather than letting it be my practice to be a Berean. Don't stop Bereaning. If you're hoping for something, how do you make sense of it? You got, you're overwhelmed with feelings and questions and concerns and emotions, and we've got tons of stuff going on that are legit concerns, even in our own fellowship. Injustice is still a thing, and unfortunately it's not going anywhere, but how do we wrestle with that? How do we wrestle with, with equality, both in, in, in the color of your skin, but then also in gender? How do you wrestle with that? We got to go back to the scriptures. You know, consider the last time you were angered. Consider the last time someone just got your goat. Someone just mm, stepped on your toes, you know, so much speaking. Someone stepped on your heel. That was the thing in high school. Someone scuffed the back of your heel. Uh, with your new shoes, you know, like the way Rolando keeps his Nikes, which I learned are a few years old, but they look like they just came out of the box, still got the stuffing in them. But that was, those were fighting things. What do you do? What do you do when you get your heels scuffed? I've shared this before, but the biggest thing that I'm wrestling right now is with uh, what's called vestibular migraines. I get vertigo like that, just all of a sudden, I'm, I'm out of control. And I'm praying that I just don't get it in the car. But last night, I started to have another episode, and I was about to call Rolando and say, hey, here are my notes. You're up. He didn't know that. Praise God I'm here. But uh, it, it, it instantly happens, and it instantly sends shockwaves of anxiety. I have an anxiety disorder to boot, so it just brings me to a spot where I'm just out of control, where I get tingly. I'm, I'm all, I just, it just, it's a dark place real fast. And it's been happening every month. I don't know what's going on, been to an ENT, whatever, all that kind of stuff. And they diagnosed me with that. So I'm trying to cut out sugar and caffeine. And that has its own, you don't stop drinking caffeine. That's got some other issues that are coming around. Uh, drinking water and then drinking a lot of water. And then that actually led to some other issues where I have like an overactive bladder now. And it's just like, what's going on? And I just think, 
you're getting old, Landis. Like, oh, you're right. I'm 38. That's what happens, I guess. I thought, wait, maybe 70, some of those things. Anyway, but I look at my physical health and I have these challenges and it's been every year there's something new. And I, I think that's a trend that'll probably continue. Right. So and I read the book, side point. If you need notes, it's not your lesson. So it's an outline anyway. But that was my passage. And there was that time where it came on. It was kind of desperation at that point. And maybe that's what it'll take to lead us to a point of scouring the scriptures. Doesn't it often have to be that sometimes for us? Something just, boom, popped up, hit us, hit us in the mouth. And now we're like, we see our need. But when those things come up, the small moments that maybe don't feel like a breakdown in the middle of the night, those small moments where we decide to be a Berean will equip you to be one when you really are rattled, when the challenges do come. There's so many scriptures that we can jump on that just to encourage us to be and not stop being a Berean. I think about Matthew 13, verse 52 where Jesus is talking to his disciples. And he's talking about the teachers of the law. And he says there, the disciple, a teacher of the law, someone who knows the Bible really well, when they become a disciple in the kingdom of heaven, it's like an owner who brings out a storeroom, new treasures as well as old. Jesus is saying there that the scriptures are just chock full of treasure. Why wouldn't you want to be a Berean? To dig and to find those treasures. Luke 24, verse 27 through 32 he says there in that moment where two disciples said, again, at the end of the, go the Gospel of Luke, they're on their way out of the city. Jesus has been crucified. They're dismayed. They're discouraged. They're walking on the road of Emmaus away from, kind of figuratively, away from their faith, away from what everything they put their faith in had been destroyed. And Jesus shows up. They didn't know at that point. And he says that Jesus, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, explained to them what was said in the scriptures concerning himself. And eventually, as, uh, as Jesus leaves, it says that weren't our hearts burning within us when we heard him speak? And that's in verse 32. We've all had that experience. And if you hadn't, haven't had this experience, reading the scripture and things coming alive, dots connecting, things informing you, recognizing that the Bible is not just some archaic book that needs to be dusted off from time to time, but it has real meaning right here, right now, no matter what you're going through. Again, we need to be reminded of that, and our hearts can come alive when we don't stop being Bereans. Peter encourages the church that's going through tremendous persecution. He could have said anything. Play the man. Be the woman. You got this. But this is what he tells them to do. He tells them to be like babies. When you're getting persecuted and someone says, hey, man, be like a baby. Like, what? doesn't sound tough. doesn't sound self-sufficient. doesn't sound Western American. Be dependent. What? It's time to fight. You don't know what I'm going through. I'm going to fight this thing. I'm going to figure it out. I want answers. Peter says, be like a baby. Verse 2 of, verse, of chapter 2, like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up into your salvation. Now that you have tasted, the Lord is good. Amen. Crave it. Do we crave the spiritual milk that's in God's word? Bereans do. They did, and we must. James 1, verse 25, says, Whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, 
not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they'll be blessed in what they do. Intently isn't haphazard. Intently isn't, oh yeah, this is kind of my routine. This is kind of what I do. This is all the time I've set aside. It's, this is what I'm looking into. I'm digging in. I'm going Superman with red eyes, pouring my eyes through this thing. This is intentional. I'm going to find out what God wants me to do, and I'm going to do it. Don't stop burying. For time's sake, just take a moment this week to go through Psalm 119, to have your heart be infused with faith about all that's waiting for you in God's word. For those of you that are doing this, don't stop. Keep pouring in. Keep going. Psalm 119, things like you'll be blessed. It'll be on your heart so you might not sin against him. You'll find wonderful things. It'll strengthen you. It'll broaden your understanding. It'll give you understanding. It'll give you the ability to walk in freedom. It's more precious than any gold or silver. It'll make you wiser than your enemies, more insight than your teachers. It will actually help you be obedient and understand the world. It's sweet to your taste. It's a lamp for your feet. It's your heritage. It's your roots. It's your hope. The Bible is the answer for everything we go through. The Bible has it preserved there for us. The Bereans didn't have the New Testament. They had the Old Testament. They had the Hebrew Scriptures translated to Greek. But then we have all of this fulfilled for us. We have the opportunity to be Bereans. If you're in it, don't stop. And if you've stopped, start. Dig into it. My practical for you guys is to think through what is your challenge right now. Just pick one because we've got like what? How many? We don't need to really think about how many challenges we have right now. But one, and say, you know what? I want to dig into the scriptures about this one. As the, as the author of 119 says, you know, I'm not going to give rest to my eyes. I'm going to dive into this headlong. I'm going to figure out what you mean, God. I'm going to figure out what to do. And your scriptures are going to be the informant for me. We love when people dig. We thank God for the people that digged in the scripture so that they could give it to us. We benefited from their digging. We love people that dig in and help us out to preach to us, teach to us, to encourage us. We love those brothers and sisters that have been there before, had a situation that now you're going through, and they didn't just walk along without God. They didn't just let it hit them in the face, up and down one side and down the other, and now they come to you. When you're in that moment, they're like, I got nothing for you, man. It was tough. Just, just, just hang on. They're like, okay, I will, but that's it. Just hang on. But don't you love those brothers and sisters? They're like, man, it was hard. But this is the scripture that helped me. This is what God showed me about himself in this moment. This is where I saw God. This is, where I, this is what I learned from it. It was painful. I'm sorry you're going through this. But this is what I learned. And in those moments, you're sad that they had to go through that. But you're so refreshed and so grateful that they dug in that moment to let God teach them. And they learned so much by digging, by being a Berean in that moment. And now it's blessing you. We thank God for those folks. And all of you have been that way for someone in here. But the one that I believe should inspire me and inspire you to be a Berean is the one that they talked about initially to those Bereans. It was this Jesus who died and raised for us. Didn't Jesus do some digging? Didn't Jesus have to dig to be able to do what God wanted him to do? 
Wasn't he obedient? Wasn't he scouring through truth in his moment of truth to do what's right? Didn't he know that walking in freedom was down the line? Didn't he know that he could have understanding, that he could be wiser than all of his enemies by digging into God's word? He started at a young age, went to the, went to the temple to be taught. But he dug and he dug and he dug. And as we take communion, the instance that we often reflect on at this time in our service is when he dug deep in Gethsemane. Or maybe he didn't have the physical scriptures there with him, but he had prayer and he had scriptures memorized and he dug and he dug and he dug and he dug and he dug. He prayed and he prayed and he prayed and he submitted to God's will for you and I. And if that doesn't motivate us to see the beauty of when we dig and be Bereans, and the understanding and the hope and the confidence that we'll have on the other side, I don't know what will. But communion is the time to reflect, to identify maybe that one challenge that you will now go and sift and scour God's word. And then just get ready for the treasures. Get ready for the hearts burning. Get ready for the understanding and the excitement that all is waiting there for us. Don't stop Berean. Don't stop, never stop, won't stop, right? That's another, that's for the new age folks. Miley Cyrus. Let's pray before I get in trouble. Lord in heaven, God, thanks so much for this time. To be reminded prayerfully that your word is, is something worth just digging through. Thank you for all the promises of those who dug into your word that they found understanding, that they had your word hidden in their hearts so they may not sin against you, that they were filled with great treasures of old and new, that, had, that they had freedom to walk in, they had understanding and great confidence so much of that is waiting for us too. God, we love your word. I pray as a church we love it so much that we want to be intent in seeking it. That God, we don't want to run to other things first. We want to run to you. We know the word of God, that's not it. It's not just it, it's your spirit, it's prayer. But right now your text is helping us to see the beauty and the noble character that we can have when we pursue your scriptures eagerly and every day. Help us to be that with all of our challenges. And we know, God, that you'll give us great insight to be able to help each other, to spur each other on, to help each other grow and mature as we walk through this life together. Thank you for Jesus and the way that he dug deep so that he can inspire us by his life and ultimately the promises of life everlasting because of his sacrifice. Pray that you be with us now as we reflect as a community on his death and his resurrection. We ask that you help us to be Bereans and never stop. I ask this in your son's name. Amen.